Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hey guys, this is Mo, and I am so excited about the news we just heard. Two weeks from now, we will be right here in this building, and we are waiting with great anticipation to see you because God is going to do something great in this place. I hope you've been enjoying our online services, and today we're really going to be talking through how to win in transition, how to really, what's the key to navigating this transition well. We've talked about having faith over fear and highlighting uh, mothers like last week and the story of Esther. And really, I want to talk to you today about how you're going to navigate this transition with success and the victory that God wants us to have. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, starting at the 25th verse. John chapter 14, starting at verse 25, and it reads, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your words that you have already spoken to us in the songs that we have heard, the worship that we have been able to experience. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, one of the best parts of quarantine has been the opportunity to spend so much more time with my son. We have had a great time. And recently, a few weeks ago, we were getting ready to get in the car and go somewhere. And I buckled him in and I got on the other side and I got ready to turn the key in the car. And I realized I had, I did not have my keys. I didn't have the keys that were necessary for me to go to the destination that we had planned. And like a good parrot that he is, or a backseat driver, he says to me, Daddy, where are your keys? We can't go anywhere without the keys. We need the keys, Daddy. And so I race into the house, grab the keys that were hung up, and we get in the car and we drive towards our destination. That's really similar to life. Life is all about getting to where God has intended for you to go. The, The thing about life is that it seems to be always on the move in constant motion. Uh, I remember when I was graduating high school, my grandmother gave me a card, and in the card she wrote these words of a song she always sung, that life is full of swift transitions. Uh, A few months ago, we were 
um, led into a swift transition of lockdown orders and stay-at-home orders. And now we are making the transition uh, to back to normal or a new normal for some of us as we move past or through this COVID-19 experience. But the thing that transition has in common, although each transition will look different for each individual, the thing that transition has in common is that transition causes tension. The people in our biblical story today knew all about what transition and tension had in common. You see, Jesus was in the midst of telling a larger story that starts in John 13. He was explaining to his disciples that he had to leave them, that there was a transition taking place. And in the midst of him explaining this, tension arose. You see, tension arose in their relationships. They began to argue with one another. Tension arose in their decision-making. Each side was trying to say that their way forward was the right way forward. Tension arose in their communication. They couldn't seem to understand each other. And tension arose in their internal emotions. Fear and anxiety were knocking on the doors of their heart. But in the midst of this tension, Jesus steps in and pens the words or speaks the words of John 14, 25 through 27. And in these short verses, I believe God has given us the keys to winning in this transition, the keys to surviving this transition well. Here's the first thing that he shows us is that God will send us help where we need it most. Notice what happens here is that he begins to say to them that you need understanding and the Lord is going to send the Holy Spirit in my name in order to lead you into understanding. Some versions say to lead you into all truth. The most pressing need of the disciples in this moment and this hour was needing understanding. And so in that moment, Jesus promises them the Holy Spirit. And here's the good news. That same Holy Spirit that brought them understanding and comfort is the same Holy Spirit that we have access to today. That God sends his spirit to lead us into understanding, lead us into truth, and to remind us of God's promises. That he is with us, that he is for us. But here's the overarching idea of what Jesus was saying here when he said that God would send them the Holy Spirit is that what they needed most was understanding. And the truth of the matter is that God is faithful to send you help where you need it most. And so for some of you, where you need help most is in your relationships. And the promise of this passage is that God is sending you help. Some of you are worried of how you're going to pay your bills through this transition. And the promise of this scripture is that God is sending you help. Some of you are wondering how your job situation is going to work out, how other aspects of your life is going to work out. And the promise of this scripture is that God is faithful to send you help where you need it most. You do not have to be afraid or wonder how it's going to happen. The truth of the matter is, God is going to send you help in ways you may not understand. And it will look like this. It will look like God sending an individual 
to meet the need that you have. God, allowing the opportunity to open up for you in the way that you needed it to happen because God is concerned about what is concerning you and he is going to send you help in the places that you need it most. So don't worry about it. It's okay for you to go to sleep at night because God is in control and he is the one who is ordering your footsteps and sending you help where you need it. Here's the second thing that he shows us in this text. And I think it's wonderful is that Jesus not only says, yes, you are getting help. God is sending you help with your understanding, but he's saying, I'm going to leave you peace. Now, the normal greeting in this Oriental culture was to say shalom. And it was just a blessing of peace upon the individual. And what Jesus was saying in this moment is that I leave you peace. This is peace to help you navigate the day to day. Yes, help is coming. But in the meantime, I am giving you peace to navigate whatever you are facing and the things that you are going through in this moment. You see, that's good news, but many times it's difficult to walk out. And this hasn't, this has been all too true for our family in the current season that we're in. Because like for us and maybe many of you, COVID-19 is not the biggest concern in your life. A few weeks into our lockdown order, we uh, were greeted with the great news that we were pregnant. And we were so excited, so elated, and it was wonderful news. And we were counting down the days where we can go to the doctor's appointment and uh, hear the heartbeat for the first time. And we went to the appointment and the heartbeat and the baby, everything looked wonderful. But on the way home, there was a complication. And we race back to the doctor's office and the doctor is saying, I don't understand what's going on. The baby looks okay, but we've got to monitor this issue that's happening. And my brothers and sisters, I have to be honest, our initial reaction was not one of peace, but it was of panic. You see, we uh, were reminded of all the things that could go wrong in pregnancy. We uh, did what we shouldn't have done and got on Google and began to search all the issues that were surrounded with this complication. But in that moment, God reminded me of his scripture in Philippians 4 and 7. And he says, the, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's the reality, is that our initial reaction may not be of peace, but our next step is a decision we get to make, and we can choose to lean into the peace that God has left us. He has given us an opportunity that instead of choosing panic, we can choose peace. Instead of choosing fear, we can lean into our faith. And this is the peace that God leaves us is that no matter what is happening in the day to day, we can have the assurance that God is with us, that God is for us. 
and that his peace will guard our hearts from failing and guard our minds from drifting and that we can decide to choose peace in the midst of any storm or calamity that we are facing in today's world. This must have been good news for the disciples because although they were losing uh, Jesus, that Jesus was going to transition and there was tension around this, Jesus had promised them peace. He had promised them that it will be okay. But something interesting happens in the next part of this verse. There is a semicolon here, and the semicolon really indicates that the sentence could have stopped here, but Jesus goes on to say another thing. He says, peace I leave with you, and then he says, my peace I give to you. This is incredible because in this, Jesus is really explaining two main ideas. What he's saying when he says, my peace I give to you, he is saying to us that his example of navigating difficult times with peace at the forefront is how we need to order our lives. That Jesus is the example of living a life of peace no matter what the circumstances are. That Jesus sets the tone and he is who we can look to in order to model our lives of how we navigate peace. Um, you know, as I was reading this text, I was reminded of, a, of when I was a teenager and Hurricane Charlie came to Florida. I was visiting my grandparents and Hurricane Charlie came to Florida and one of their friends was at the house when the hurricane hit. And it was one of the most terrifying incidents of my life. At first, we were watching it while the hurricane was mild, and we were watching it, but there was a lady named Sister Kyle, and she was standing outside, and as the winds began to get higher, me and my pastor grandfather, we found the only room in the house with no windows, the laundry room, and we sat in there, but Sister Kyle stood outside and began to watch the storms rage. She watched trees get pulled up out of the ground. She watched the pool um, enclosure be ripped up and blown away. She watched all of this calamity with this calm stillness. And I couldn't understand it. And, and I saw it now as I look back as a picture of what Jesus was doing. You see, Jesus was facing the most difficult season of his life. He was leaving the friends that he had made over the last three years. He was facing imminent death. He was facing uh, difficult times. But in those moments, he had an inner assurance that things were going to be okay. And here's the truth. Real peace is not the absence of trouble but it's the inner assurance that God will lead us through the trouble. Real peace is not the absence of difficulty. It is the assurance that the difficulty will not overtake us and that God will lead us through to the other side. And that when we find ourselves in panic, in fear, and in anxiety, we can rest in the fact that Jesus has been our example. He has gone through what we have gone through, and he led a life that was filled with an internal stillness, a peace that surpassed all understanding, and we can follow his example. 
But there's another side of his peace that he was leaving that is critical for us to understand. You see, when Jesus said, my peace I give to you, he was not only referring to his example of peace, but he was really telling us about the peace that he had with God that he was now giving to us. And for a moment, I want to talk to you if you find yourself far from God. If you find yourself in a place where you have never said yes to God or you have drifted away, I want to tell you that Jesus offers you his peace. A peace with God that allows you to be at rest in life, to have an assurance that you have an internal home with God, that God is not mad at you, that he is not angry with you, but he is offering you an opportunity to be reconciled with your creator, to be in a place of assurance that everything will be okay. And if that's you, I want you for the next few moments to think about do I have that kind of peace? And if your answer is no, in a few minutes, we're going to pray. And I want to invite you to receive that peace that Jesus offers. He says, my peace I give to you. His peace is an example for us to follow. But his peace is also an assurance that we are right with God. That we are okay with God. And that we are reconnected back with our creator. Here's the next thing that Jesus shows us in this text. He not only promises that God is sending help. He not only tells them that he leaves them peace for the day-to-day -day experience. But he also encourages them to know that they have his peace. But then there is a warning. He encourages us not to settle for the peace that the world offers. Here's the reality. The peace that the world offers will always fail in comparison to the peace that Jesus offers. The peace that the world offers will fade or fail. You see, it's predicated on things going well for you in order for you to have peace. Is dependent on things looking the right way in order for you to have the right assurances. But Jesus says, that's not the kind of peace that I'm offering you. The kind of peace that I'm offering you is that whether things are good or bad, whether things are up or down, that you can always be okay, that you can have an inner calm, that you can have an inner assurance that things will work out fine because that's the kind of peace that I offer you. This is the message of Philippians 4 and 12, where Paul says, I have learned the secret of dealing with plenty and hunger, of abundance and need, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Regardless of the circumstance, I can be okay because Christ, whose other name is the Prince of Peace, will give me the strength to endure, to, to fight back against the difficulty that I'm facing. 
that I don't have to succumb to fear or anxiety, but God will raise up a standard, allow me to have peace in the middle of the storm because I choose his peace and not the world's peace. That I'm not going to depend on what I have or my circumstance to determine whether or not I'm okay. That I will lean into God's grace and his assurance that things will be fine. To lean into the promise of Romans 8 and 28 that all things will work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. This is what Jesus is trying to encourage his disciples. And here's the reality. The reason why Jesus can offer this peace is because he already knows the end of the story. And in the midst of this, the disciples don't understand this, but Jesus says, I've already seen your end and I know it works out for your good. So while you are walking through this, you do not have to be afraid. You do not have to be worried. You can live in peace because God has given you an inner assurance that things will work out fine. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this information? Yes, God is sending help. In the meanwhile, he has left us peace. And Jesus has given us his personal peace. And he warns us not to settle for the world's peace. The last thing that he encourages us to do is to live in freedom. Now, Jesus says it in the inverse. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In other words, what he is saying is, I don't want you to be entangled with the bondage of fear and anxiety. I want you to live in freedom knowing that I am for you, that things are going to be okay. And that you will be able to navigate this because I am leading and directing you. Proverbs 4 and 23 tells us to guard our hearts because from it the direction of our life flows. And that's why he's saying, do not be afraid. Neither let your hearts be troubled. Don't, don't be fearful. Don't be anxious. And so... Yes, take precaution. Yes, do the wise things, but don't live your life in fear. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. This is the good news, and this is the key to transition that I can use those keys when I am facing difficulties in my life. When fear is trying to come up against me, I can use the key of God's peace in my life. When anxiety begins to rumble internally, I can use the keys of his peace in my life. When uh, relationships begin to fracture, I can use the keys of his peace in my life. When anger wells up and all sorts of different difficulties happen. I can use the keys of his peace to navigate this transition, knowing that he is going to work all this out for our good. That's the good news. And that's the assurance that each and every one of us have. 
that God is not going to leave us, nor is he going to forsake us, that in the midst of this transition, you can have hope. It's the truth of the matter is that Jesus explained their reality to them. Yes, there will be transition. Yes, there will be difficult times. But he points them to the hope that things are going to be okay, that things are going to get better, and that you can have an inner stillness and assurance. The psalmist says it like this, be still and know that I am God. Have peace in knowing that he is sending help right where you need it. He is there for you in the midst of your storm, that he has left you peace to navigate the day-to-day, And he has given you his personal peace that when you don't know what to do, you can look at Jesus as an example and know with certainty that you have peace with God, that you can avoid the counterfeit peace that the world offers and lean into the peace that Jesus has provided for us and that you can live in freedom. The scripture says it like this, whom the son set free is free indeed. You can smile again. You can hope again. You can dream again because God has provided his peace. I want to pray with you today. Maybe you've been struggling with navigating the difficulty of this season. Maybe you have anxiety about what is going to come next. I want to pray that the peace of God would come into your life. You see, Jesus has promised us in 2 Timothy that he has given us everything we need for godly living. But maybe you're the individual that I spoke about a little bit earlier. That you are far from God. That you have never said yes to him that you don't have peace with God. Today can be the day that you say yes to him, that you receive the peace that he has been offering you, that you can walk in a new freedom and a new hope because your life can be changed by Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for the words that you have given us. God, that as we transition, that you have given us hope. Knowing that you are sending us help gives us confidence. And God, knowing that you have given us peace allows us to navigate the meantime. God, help us to look to Jesus as an example of living with peace. Help us, Father God, not to put our peace in what we have and who we know, but allow us to put our peace in who you are and what you have done for us. And Father, ultimately, allow us to live in the freedom that your peace provides, that we can walk in freedom and hope knowing that you are with us and that you are for us. And Father, for the person who has never said yes to you, for the person who has walked away from you, 
I pray today would be that day that they say yes again, that they say yes for the first time. And if that's you, I want you to say this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, save me, change me, make me into the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name. And Father, for every single individual, I pray for safety, wholeness, and blessings on their life. For every person who will watch this, God, that they will receive your grace, your power, your spirit in their lives like never before. Awaken us to see what you want to do in our lives from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys and have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.